The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. So, Carl J. Cox here. I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Indeed, basically, we help companies create strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Unfortunately, most organizations only spend about 2% of their time actually on strategy, about 40 hours a year, building an effective strategy. And that's kind of crazy, Adi, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely crazy. Totally crazy. And yes, I know you create strategy. I mean, we have clients in common and you are doing a fabulous job. So strategy is definitely needed. That's right. That's right. And that's our that's our passion. And, and so that's why organizations call us to help. Not only do we come up with strategy, but we facilitate your dream, your teams with proven practices. Harvard research has shown when you use the right key performance indicators, you can actually triple your success. And who wouldn't want that? Right, is actually doing that right. So, so email us today at catch at 40strategy.com and you can learn more at 40strategy.com as well. So, with that, um, I'd like to start out with a little shout out. And Jerry Vieira is, I'm going to do a shout out because that's who introduced me and you, Adi. And as a right. matter of fact, I'm going to turn uh, this is his book, is the uh, Consultancy Navigator, which you can now find on Amazon. And it's a fabulous book. And I actually got a little bit of cred by actually, I edited this a tiny bit. I think you, were you named in this as well, Adi? I think I you might, might. Yeah. You, you might be. So, um, but anyways, uh, pretty exciting, uh, Jerry did. And so I just want to do a shout out for him. So Adi, you're our guest today. And I want to share a few moments about who you are. You are the leader and visionary of Business Success Consulting Group. You have 25 years of knowledge and experience as a trained industrial engineer, management consultant, and business executive which gives you a unique understanding of the challenges that businesses face. You, uh, your, your practical know-how wisdom successfully help organizations and companies of any size dramatically improve their efficiency and performance. By leveraging your ability to understand business processes as well as people and drawing on your high caliber skills and vital areas of personal management, finance and operations, AD, you can basically help virtually any business owner achieve their goals and bring order to their lives. And this is your 10th anniversary. Isn't that correct? You, you're that like been correct. in business for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so congratulations for meeting that massive uh, threshold. That is not an easy accomplishment. Uh-uh. And, and so let, let's kind of talk about that just to start with. What for you, you know, what's, what's kind of been the biggest thing you've learned of being in business for 10 years? You know, it's persistence. It is. That's what I learned is you persist, right? I mean, um, it's interesting. The first few years, you just have to persist and know what you're also be very uh, focused on what you're doing. I can tell you, Carl, when we started, it was 
I had a business partner at the time and it was more like spaghetti against the wall. Okay, whatever sticks, right? It's kind of like we, we are very knowledgeable in a lot of things and we try different things. And then, and then when I actually found a niche and became very specialized in that particular area, that's where things start taking off and then persist on that line. So it's really, ident- so I would say identify what you're good at, figure out how you can do it, and then uh, persist in getting what you want. And of course, have a strategy because you are right. I mean, you know, we were talking at the beginning in terms of like businesses don't have a strategy. You have to have a strategy. Otherwise, you don't know where you're going. So that definitely was very key to my success in staying in business is having a strategy, following it in a tactical manner in order to achieve what I need, what I want, the goal, basically. Yeah, no, that that is awesome. And I can say from we've worked together on on a common client and um, you are awesome with your persistence. That's one of the things that I've loved to bring you in. So so tell me about your niche a little bit. What specifically did you learn? You were like, oh, wow, we're we're just we're just better at other people at doing this specifically. Yeah. So what I really like is bring order into businesses. You know, I like bring organization and order. So our niche is uh, identifying, documenting, creating processes and procedures for businesses, training manuals, and doing knowledge transfer. So basically taking the knowledge out of somebody's head, putting into training manuals, the processes and procedures, and then they can use it in order to implement it in the company. That's perfect. And so let's now talk a little bit on the ground floor of like a story. That, that one of your success of a client, you don't have to name them specifically, you can if you choose to, but, but tell me about a specific story where you came in and there was nothing or there's a lot of challenges and, and tell me about what you did and then what were the outcomes of actually doing that? Sure, so an example would be a property, it's a property management company that I did a project about a year ago. And um, I should say we, because I have, a, I, mean, I have a team of people that we work together. So we did a project a year ago And when I first came in, they did not have their processes documented. And as a result, they had different property managers that were doing it their own way, because that's what happened when you don't have a processes documented, processes still happen. If you're a successful company, there are things that are being done, but the problem is that there is not enough consistency and it is hard to train and onboard new employees because you have you might have seven people that are doing it their way and whose way we're going to choose in order to train. And also then it creates the problem of the time that it will take to actually train those employees. So what we did is we started, I always start, I like to start a project with one area, not the entire organization, but we concentrate on an area. I have specific questions that I ask in order to find out what area to start with. So we did it the same here. And um, we found the area, the one, one aspect of the property management area that we needed to address. And we start documenting. We basically created documentation with seven people, seven different managers. Wow. And we created, what we did is we assigned, we identified the, main, the core processes, and then we assigned it to each one to do. And then we combined it. We basically met together and we identified what needs to be changed or make sure that it's consistent. And we created the consistency. So then we had specific processes for that area. Then we moved to another area, the maintenance area. Then we moved to another area and another area. And at the end, the result of it is that they did fantastically despite of COVID, despite, you know, 
despite the pandemic, despite the lockdown and everything that was going on, they had to now work from home. So they had processes in place. So despite that, they were able to onboard new employees because they had the processes well documented. And one of the main um, areas that we addressed that were able to be addressed because of having well-documented processes and procedures is that they were able to hire people according to the culture of that organization and not necessarily by experience. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a highly specialized field, you have only so many people that have experience in that field, right? So you kind of have like less of a choice of who you're going to hire but if the culture is really important for you and you want people that you want to work with, then if you hire them, then you can and train them in a the correct way. Then you actually have a win-win situation because you can hire by the personality. You can hire by people that are actually aligned with your culture and you can then train them. So then you have a trained staff that are actually aligned with your culture. And that's what we achieved there. So that was a great win. It's it's a great win because, you know, despite of everything that was going on, they were still did well. And they actually were able to um, live by their purpose and by their why and, and get people that align to that. So that, that was great. That's pretty powerful. Uh, the, I'm curious in the hiring process when you were, when you were going through that and, and define the culture more so they could hire better to it. Were there principles or concepts and, and how did they kind of check against that? In their in the hiring process to make sure that they were bringing on the right people. So you know, on every onboarding process that I do, not just for that company, but I I've documented a lot of onboarding processes, and we always include the culture in there. So we include the core values, we include the mission, the vision. There is always um, we include a video by the CEO by the owner in terms of welcoming the new person and explaining what the group is all about, what the core value is, et cetera. So that's why I like to work with other trusted advisors that actually specialize in leadership or in like yourself in terms of like the strategy, they, like having like the objectives well-defined. So that way it's very easy to explain to when you actually hire somebody, what is the strategy? What are the objectives? Where are we going? How are we going to measure success? And this, the name of this podcast is measure, you know, it's like, it's all about measuring success. So when we onboard, like part of the procedure of documenting that procedure is actually explaining how we, what are the measurement of success and how does that translate to the new employee that we are onboarding? So when, when you put through these things, do you ever, I'm curious, do you ever measure that kind of beginning and end of like, it took us this long to do beforehand? Maybe they didn't even know, right? Because there was no process or was detailed and it got to like, what, what's your like biggest win where somebody went, wow, we just decreased this process by 70% because, or eight hours or whatever it is, you know, give, give me some examples of something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, you know, um, a company that uh, we're in the process of finishing their project and they are a medical billing company, big. And they're a big company. They had no documentation of how to do it. So there was so much um, turnover. There was also was turnover and they didn't, so in order to train somebody, it took them six months. We decreased the wow. six months to a month and not having to pull a supervisor to actually uh, do the one-on-one -on -one training. So that was fantastic. Then another company, what we accomplished is they were able to actually outsource one of their departments where before um, it was all, it's also deal with medical uh, billing and medical um, 
it, it has to do with doing a medical field and we were able to document it document that area improve the efficiency because we don't just do documentation we also do process improvement so we improve the process we made it basically foolproof and they were able to outsource it to an external company and really reduce their um expense by probably 66 percent which was tremendous wow and so that's nuts yeah. i mean it's crazy so you you talked about from that one thing it went from six months to get somebody on board to one month i mean yeah. they must have been a very happy client when you were done working with them absolutely wow. so then we continue I, for the next project and the next project they were definitely very happy clients yeah yeah wow that that's an incredible you know because often you know, I think that that's why, you know, as you know, I have a, a, a bean counting background. And and so I, I'm a believer in two things. One is there, there's these principles and big things that sometimes hard to measure success because it's kind of more of a state of being, right? How do you know and feel mm -hmm. like things are better? But sometimes there's like just numbers. And, and it was fun. You talking about that six months to one, I was involved with an organization once within as a, uh, an employee, we were working with um, the Oregon and Manufacturing Extension Partnership. And it, it was embarrassing. It took us 40 hours to approve a purchase order ID. Can you believe that? It took us, it took us 40 hours. Now, granted, this is, this is you know, 15 years ago, so it's a little bit of a period of time. And initially, people got together like, oh, we're going to make a we're going to make a 10 to 15 percent improvement. I'm like, hey, look, we didn't bring together 10 to 15 people in this room for a you know, 10 percent improvement to get it down to 36 hours. That's unacceptable. We eventually got to eight hours. And then our, our big hair audacious goal was to get it to one. And what we found was, A, it just everything was better. We improved a ton of things. But what was really interesting was how the employees themselves were happier because they were part of creating the solution. You know, they were part of making it fixed. Do you see that? Did you get that experience sometimes where the employers are just happier and, and feel more productive as a result of, of making some of these changes? Absolutely. You know, when, when I when engage on projects like that, we involve the leadership team and we involve the employees and what happens. And I tell, I tell you know, new clients, when I sign new clients up, they always, oh, well, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to find the time or where my employees are going to find the time, et cetera. But what I find to that point is that the employees really get involved in it and they, their morale goes up and they always come up and then they get into the set of mind of, how can I improve? How can I make it better? They start thinking with process improvement. They start thinking with processes. So they are excited because they are part of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that is awesome. Now we're going to, we're going to spin and now talk about, sorry, I love talking about the business success and, and I have a feeling you have like 500 more stories of how you've, you've uh, improved somebody's 70 to 80% of process procedures. You have an interesting background. You have an industrial engineering background from Tel Aviv mm -hmm. University. Um, you told me you lived in Venezuela, so you speak three languages, right? You said you said speak Hebrew, um, Spanish, right? And then you also speak English, of course, as we're as yeah. we're talking here. Um, well, how has that helped you learning different languages to bring that into your 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 business life today? Has it ha has it had any impact? You know, it's an interesting question. I never thought about it, but yes, absolutely. Because in order to learn languages, you have to duplicate the other language, right? I mean, you have to be able to really understand, to have an understanding because you are thinking with another language, right? So I feel like I have this um, 
I mean, we start when you ask me what's the ability or what what is diff, what is our niche, like what makes us special. I have that ability of duplicating businesses. Like I go into a business that I don't know anything about it. I have the ability to look at the processes and understand what they're doing. And that's really important, really important to understand what is happening is like learning a new language because every time you go into a business, although let's say I was in that business, I mean, I already consulted maybe 10 different businesses, similar businesses, but different different entities. It's still like, let's say I have a lot of experience uh, consulting dental practices. So you would think, okay, you're going to a dental practice. So each dental practice is the same. It's not because we have people that are part of the equation. We have the way, the vision of the owner, you know, it, how do you look at care? I mean, what kind of care do you want to provide, et cetera? So we have a variety of variables that you really have to understand what they are in order to create the processes and procedures that are unique for that business. You know, it's not a cookie cutter. I can't just give somebody a manual that I created. Okay, here you go. Here's a manual for dentists. Yes, I mean, you know, are there um, similarities of how you sit the patient in the chair and how you talk to them and you have to check him in and check him out and you have the HIPAA regulations, et cetera? Yes, and that's why, because we have experience in so many industries that makes us even more valuable because we've seen it. But it's really important that we're doing it in a way that reflects the knowledge and the intentions and the processes and procedures for that particular business. So that's why I think it's the parallel between the languages and really understanding businesses. Cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, and it's interesting um, connection, you know, sometimes these, these personal different things. Now, when we were going to start talking, you got all, all geeked up when you saw the 10X rule from Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, and by the way, just a little shout, I mean, he, he's had a huge inspiration. I went to the 10X conference in Miami um, and it was, it was unbelievable just having this experience and excitement and, and, and just the different leaders that they had brought in of, of how you can. And, and one of the things that Grant Cardone's amazing with is persistence. That's right. I mean, he, he is just, and, and that was when we were talking like that is your most common theme. So tell me, what is it about persistence for you? How did you learn that? Right. And, and how has that helped you be consistently successful with running your business? You know, I think it's a trait that I just have. You know, I've definitely developed it, but it's not something that I mean, I always had it. I always persisted. And I also, you know, I think you see it from experience that if you persist, you get it. So and I think both, you know, you and I are very similar. Again, we worked together and we know it. You know, you're very persistent as well. You know, it's kind of like, OK, and that if you achieve, if you look at the goal, you have to move towards that goal. And, um, but it's, you know, it's not, if being persistent doesn't mean that you also have to be stubborn and there is only one way. I'm always willing to look at other ways and how and evaluate maybe that if it's not the right goal, I'm, I'm willing to change it. Right. And I think that's the fluidity of also a strategy is, is in terms of, you have to have a strategy that will get you there. But if it's absolutely not the right one, or it's absolutely like, like things change, like COVID, you know, we didn't ex anticipate COVID. I mean, I didn't anyway, in my wildest dream, I didn't think that will have a, <laughs> that that will happen. But at that point, you have to have be agile enough and you have to be, you have to be able to change. And that's where the persistence is important, but also ability to adapt to change and um, adapt things around you. So they adapt to what you're doing and not vice versa, right? So that's, I think, again, it's like some one of the key 
of persistence is being able to persist, but don't do it blindly. Don't do it stubbornly. Really look around and, and adjust things. If things are not going the way you want, what can you do? What could you do to affect it so it will be the way that you want? And I think that's the key component of persistence. So one of the biggest knocks of process and procedure documentation historically is the classic, um, here I'll just, right, you know, you blow off, you dust off um, your, your process of procedures and it's 15 years old and nobody's looked at it since then. Um, how do you how do you get process and procedure to be more dynamic? Because that's what it really requires, right? Change happens, uh, some, sometimes slower within specific things, but you're going to have people coming in and out. You're going to have the business changing. You're going to have COVID happening. Um, give me some ideas of, of, of how you help incorporate it or putting in a tool or some type of process so you can actually make modifications and so it still stays current for that organization. Sure. So one of the things is using the right tool. So I think it's a good idea to give a shout out to Sweet Process here. I mean, we both love that company. Yeah. And what it is, it's a process documentation platform that uh, you can use, you can, pro, you can document your processes and procedures electronically. And it has different bells and whistles, and it's really, it has different aspects to it, et cetera. For instance, it has version control. It has ability to, it's on the cloud, so you can have different uh, people, different members, team members that can log in. They can have logins. You can comment on it. You can keep it up to date. But even I have a client that termed, instead of the dust, you were saying like he termed it, it doesn't want to accumulate electronic dust because mm. you can still have that electronic dust because you can have sweet process and people are not going to log into it. So that's where the followed by all is extremely important to use the EOS term in terms of like you have processes and you followed by all. You have to make sure that they're followed by all. And that is the trick. And the way that you do it is you really, first of all, have to make it part of your culture. When, and that's one of the things that I coach my clients on. Once we are done documenting, I also coach them on how to use it, right? So one of the things is, let's say somebody comes to you, you own the, you're the CEO or you are the COO, and somebody comes to you and asks you, well, how do we do this? Instead of explaining to them, you have to refer them to the process, right? So it's kind of like it's creating that habit of actually referring somebody to the, referring to the process continually. Also, mm -hmm. there has to be, um, reviews every so often. So it depends on the maturity level of the company. You can either review it every three months, every six months, every once a year, et cetera. And then tools like Sweet Process has the ability to um, have regularly, regularly scheduled reviews. And then everybody has to sign off on it. So you can send the processes to somebody and then that belongs to that for their department. And then they have to sign off on it that there are no revisions. So it makes sure, makes uh, sure that they're actually reviewing it. So that would be one aspect of it. Another aspect is uh, problem solving. You know, whenever you're problem solving in a company, then refer to your processes and procedures. Because, you know, in every problem you can have, it's either a people problem or in a process problem or combination, right? So if something happens, then you have to ask yourself the question, is there a process? Is it documented? If it is, let's pull it up. Let's log in. Let's take a look at it. And go over it and make sure it's complete because what caused the problem it might be not complete or it wasn't followed right and then you just go into this decision tree of like the different aspects of what can happen and you resolve the issue using your processes so that way it becomes a routine it becomes a habit that people are using those processes regularly yeah that is uh huge and, and you know we once again we have similar uh areas we were you know slightly different element behind it but 
uh, for me, when I see a strategic plan get turned into a PDF document, I almost cringe, right? Because it 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 creates a sense of permanency. It's like, whoa, 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 you know, strategic plan is a hypothesis. It's not a fact. It's going to change once you actually experiments, experience real life. Yeah. And, and so having it in a tool or some type of area where you can adjust and then creating, like you described, this uh, routine, sometimes people call it governance, you know, something where people are consistently looking at it and going to it as the standard of the de facto standard. And, and then of course we know with any standard, you can make it better and improve, right? You get, it's not, it's not stuck. And I think that's once again, people get caught into this, oh, it's stuck. We're done. And it's like, oh, we're never done. Uh, we just created a standard to improve right for the future. And, and I think once people get that and they see the value around that, then they go, oh, well, now I see why these things can work. Um, as opposed to, you know, uh, when, when it's like, oh, my goal is just to get it done. It's like, this is a living, breathing, you know, testament, so to speak, you know, of, of, of how we're going to operate on a regular basis. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, I like to say it's a living, breathing organism. You know, the, the organization is always changing, always moving. And I mean, obviously not always changing, but there are always little changes, you know, things that will change. So, you know, there are things that are stable and things that are changing. So the majority of the processes will be your stable pillars, right? But then there will be things that you might use all of a sudden use, decide to use in different software. So some of the processes you documented, you have has to be changed. That's why I like to use this uh, a tool like Sweet Process because you can upload videos. I'm big about documenting using videos because it's more interesting. It's um, You can replace it so it's more up to date. Like if you change something, I also like screenshots, you know, different things that make it, more alive and easy to read and easy to refer to. Absolutely. Um, right, this, D, I knew this was gonna happen. Time is already flying by on our Measure Success podcast. Um, let, let, let's talk about, you, you mentioned 10X Rule is a book you, you've liked. What is it, what's, a, what's one of your favorite books that's not 10X that you're like, okay, if, if you're gonna get a better understanding of who, who you are, um, and something that's had a great impact on you. What's a business book like that that's had just a significant impact? You know, definitely The E-Myth is a great book, mm. of mm -hmm. course. But you know what I like, and I say it a lot, is I actually like to learn from others in terms of like, like I love um, searching for productivity tools and YouTube videos that others made on how they're using productivity tools. I find it that, and there are a lot of books that I like. I mean, I'm a big, I, I like Audible and, you know, and I, and I read and I listen and, and I definitely learn from a lot of people, but I just find that those little tools on how to be more productive and how to utilize your time better as an executive are priceless. I learned so much out of them and then I learned something and then I, um, I take it and I work with it, which is, I find it very, very um, useful. Do you have a favorite? Is there, is there a particular you know, productivity like, person? Um, there is a, I found him, his name is Paul Miners, never met him, but I think he's a great, um, he has great videos. I mean, I definitely used his advice on Asana on how to organize Asana. And I organize it that way in terms of um, organizing my day, my day tasks and the different projects and how they integrate with different tools that I use. And I, I really value his opinion. I think he's, he's a great guy. That is awesome. So um, Adi, before, before we break out, um, can you can you tell us uh, ways that people can connect with you and reach out to follow up if they have additional questions or like to learn more? 
Sure. So uh, the best way is to email me, and my email is adi. So it's a d i at biz success cg. So b i z success spelled out. So b i z success cg for consulting group biz success cg dot com, or they can call me at five zero three six six two two nine one one. So those are the two best ways. Awesome. Adi, this has been fantastic. Uh, great way to kick off the Measure Success podcast. And, and we have been talking with Adi Clavette from Business Success Consulting Group. And Adi, thank you so much. And, and I look forward to working with you again in the future. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.